Welcome to another edition of Mastermind Minutes. My name is Gary Grosso, and I am the managing partner of Franchise Growth Solutions. As I say on each episode, that's this big sign here back in back of me. You can find out about Franchise Growth Solutions by clicking on the link above or below uh, the platform, the webcast that you're watching on. Of course, on the podcast, we will post uh, the link. Uh, Mastermind Minutes, very simple concept. Uh, it is uh, typically one guest, although today we have two guests. Uh, it's one topic, uh, one uh, answer that we give in a matter of minutes, not hours, and we kind of like that format, and apparently a lot of you do. Um, and uh, today, um, our guests are David Simmons, who is the president and founder of Resolute RE which he started uh, in January of 2009 and has since built it into a massive international third-party brokerage platform. Uh, Resolute actually boasts uh, six offices across Texas and services uh, the great state of uh, New Mexico and Louisiana. They assist clients with their expansion uh, anywhere in the United States and in up to 77 countries around the world, actually. Uh, they work with a bunch of my clients helping franchisees find locations. David's a member of ICSC, which is the International Franchise, uh, the International Council of Shopping Centers, also a member of the IFA, which those of you who watch this know that's near and dear to me. That's the International Franchise Association. Um, and David, before we begin, why don't you tell us a little bit more about uh, Resolute and uh, how you work with retail and restaurant clients uh, and franchisees to help them secure locations. And then um, we will introduce our speaker today, George Anderson. So take it away, David. It's all yours. Thank you, Gary. Thank you for having us. Uh, glad to be on board. Uh, Resolute RE. So as Gary is saying, we are a full service uh, tenant representation company servicing across the entire United States and around the globe. And we do with analytics, research, site selection, basically anything that goes into, you know, where do we grow next you know, for our clients. Uh, analytics uh, is world-class uh, platform led by George Anderson, who you'll be hearing from shortly. We've been doing this for over 35 years. Um, it's not just about, you know, one, three and five mile demos. Uh, what, what George and his team get into now uh, is truly to behold. And, you know, the idea is, is to reduce risk as much as possible when going into new markets, even existing markets, um, to figure out, you know, where your customers are, where you need to be. And then we tear the brokers loose uh, to go find locations within those defined areas. Uh, best part about the pitch is that, you know, we're free of charge to our clients, uh, to the franchisors and the franchisees. Uh, the landlords pay our commissions. And so without further ado, I'd like to introduce uh, George Anderson, uh, talk about our analytics program. Great. Thank you, David. Uh, I'm just going to go over our uh, national account program. Uh, it's, it's a visual representation. Um, so it'd be very good if you can go online at some point and, and see the different slides that's, that's available. Uh, with our national account program, um, there's a number of different modules, if you will, that's, uh, that we'll look at today. Uh, you can see on this screen now there are seven distinct modules. Uh, we'll, again, just hint on each of them, uh, but just as an FYI, uh, we mirror this on an international basis as well. So there is an international market analytics platform that just looks like this. So if you're interested on the international side, by all means, give me a shout and then we can go over your needs internationally. 
Uh, but for today, we'll just go over the domestic side of things. The first one and fourth, and fourth, fourth most, if you will, sorry, is Retail Compass. Within Resolute RE, our motto is you lead with market analytics, you lead with market discovery, market understanding, market knowledge, and then you close with the real estate. So when you're looking at this right now, is Compass is, it's really not about the number of people in the market that's important, it's the types of people that's in a market. Yes, well, population density is important to a certain degree. Uh, you wanna find out who is your ideal customer. So for example, if this map you're looking at right now has 50,000 people in this trade area, well, you're not going to attract all 50,000 people. And if your ideal customer happens to be, well, just use me, for example, George, how many Georges are a part of that 50,000? Well, I'll come back and we can tell you all well, of the 50,000, only 10,000 are Georges. So all of a sudden your mindset, your share of wallet really changes in terms of your expectation of the market. So this is called segmentation. We use a system called tapestry. It breaks down every person in the United States into a bucket. There are 72 distinct buckets across, across the whole spectrum from 1A, if you will, to 17F. And it really looks at your life cycle, how much money that you make, uh, your age, your education. So it's a very good cocktail, if you will, of understanding where you are, who you are, what you're spending your money on for products. So again, we spend a lot of time on identifying who the ideal customer is. But most important to look at now is we age the data five years into the future. Given the dynamic shift that's happening in the country today, particularly with baby boomers, baby boomers are definitely moving into retirement mode. We all thought that they were going to hang on. I'm one of them. Uh, but once you get closer to that age for retirement, you are, they are closing up shop and they're heading south. You're seeing a dynamic shift of in-migration within the country from cities like New York, Chicago, Minneapolis, the Northern Belt, people are moving into the Southern states. So you're seeing a very dynamic shift in population growth here in Texas, Florida, Mexico, Arizona, California. You're seeing lots of shifting going about. And also what you're seeing now is millennials are becoming the dominant share of wallet holders in the country. So it's very important when you're looking at your existing locations, uh, or future locations, where's your market growing? What's it changing into? What's it gonna look like in five years time? So it's very, very important to identify your customer base today, but more importantly, who your customer base is tomorrow. And then we, we refer to this as market capacity. Uh, when you identify the Georges of the world, then you go to the next step, which is store capacity. How many locations can you hold in a market? So for example, if you look at this sheet right here, we divide markets into territories. The, the territory map you see here is for Austin, Texas. There are six or seven distinct areas in Austin. We do this across the entire country. So we're looking at Atlanta to Denver to Seattle. It doesn't matter. We break the market up into distinct territories. And within it, we refer to it as store capacity. You know how many Georges there are, but how many stores can service the Georges in Boulder, Colorado? Seattle, Washington. So again, this is called retail builder. So you've got store capacity and market capacity. You put the two together and what do you get? Something called city skylines. It gives you a real estate, a market blueprint as to where are you growing? How big is the market? So for example, if you look at this particular map, it's for Dallas, Fort Worth. You can see for this particular client, there are 19 distinct trade areas. And as you can see, we believe in minutes over miles. We don't really look at one, three and five mile rings anymore. People don't say, well, I'll be to your location in 6.2 miles. You'll say you'll be there in 10 minutes or 15 minutes. So if you look at the trade areas on the map of, in this DFW example, you can see no two trade areas are the same and no two trade areas overlap. 
because you don't want to have to can you don't want to cannibalize your existing locations with adding new ones. So then your your pot, your share of wallet gets smaller. So we do develop a city skylines. Again, it's a very strong retail blueprint for brokers to go out with the franchisee and franchisor and understand this is what your market would look like if you built out all of DFW. So that's referred to as city skylines. The next tool is, we call it the toolbox. It's a mixed bag, if you will. It's kind of an a la carte. The big one out of this is something called MPI, Market Potential Index. And you can measure this against some seven, 800 categories. And it measures behavior, if you will, consumer behavior, consumer spend. This is directly correlated to the types of people in a market. So when we talked earlier about segmentation, it's life cycle, you can directly correlate that into spend, if you will. So if you look at the MPI average on the right-hand side, the average American is benchmarked at 100. If the product is above 100, that means the average American is selling more on that product and service. Conversely, if it falls below 100, you're spending less on that product and service. And you can see the visual map to the left of it as well. So clearly, in a place called Fort Collins in Colorado, you want to be where that particular product is sold is the dark purple. So that will help the broker and the franchisee and franchisor dictate where your real estate should be. Because if you're looking at this map right here where the orange is, they're not wanting your product or service. They want to be where the purple is. There may not be real estate available, but this is telling you where the people are, where the spend is, and where the behavior is. So again, this is just another piece of the puzzle. Uh, so you're looking at you're not looking at describing the market. You're analyzing the market. Basic demographics just describe the market. Analytics looks at share of wallet, the types of people, what they spend money on, their life cycle, aging the data. These are all pieces of the puzzle that you put together to frame that picture, if you will. So that's the franchise toolbox. Lastly is another tool called City Market Discovery, where we just give a quick snapshot of a city. This is for a client who wanted to look at Phoenix, Arizona. They weren't quite sure where they wanted to be. So we put a number of different variables onto a map to give them the idea that they can open, you know, there's roughly 11 major intersections in Phoenix. And this is the, the average income and in households within a certain radii, if you will. Major malls we threw on there. And then underneath it, we showed average income. So again, this just gives you a quick snapshot of a city. It could be any city in the United States. It could be big, small, whatever the size of the city does not matter. And this is what we call it just market discovery. Quick one pager gives you that feel, that snapshot of, hmm, this is what it looks like in Phoenix. And the cool thing about it is we can sequence for you. We sequence for the franchisee or franchisor to know that Phoenix can hold 11 locations, but no two locations are created equal. So we then put it from one to 11. So you can sequence it knowing where the low hanging fruit is. And you also look at they're not close together enough where they're going to cannibalize one from the other. So market discovery is a really good first snapshot, first step uh, in looking at where you're going to open locations. The next tool is called artificial intelligence. Uh, this is an extremely powerful, very, very strong tool. Some of you will re recognize it as geofencing. That's what it's also known as. But basically what it does is it follows the patterns, the behaviors of people, what they like, what they don't like. Are they coming from home to your location? Are they coming from work? How long do they visit? And how does my locations rank up against my peers, if you will? So it really is uh, a strong tool of understanding and tracking customers, if you will. And if you're curious as to where the data comes from, it comes from your cell phone. It comes off your GPS. Uh, that's where the data comes from, from third-party providers, puts it together and understands basically George's movements, if you will. Where does George shop? How long does he stay there? Where does he go afterwards? And where is he coming from? So this is AI. It's really, really powerful tool. 
So here's some couple of examples, one called Market Insights. You can see where the location is in the middle of the map, if you will, but the map on the left is showing you the visits by home, the one on the right is visits by work. So you start to see the concentration by county or by zip code, if you will, as to where people are coming and where they're co-going, if you will. So it's a very powerful uh, snapshot, if you will. Uh, the other part I put in, and I just did this for fun, is favorite places. So George likes to have pizza. So George puts in California Pizza Kitchen, and he also likes to go to Gaddy's. And then I said, okay, okay, I'm a franchisee, if you will. Let's just say I'm the franchisee of California Pizza Kitchen, and I want to expand. And George's sitting there going, my California Pizza Kitchen uh, does very, very well in Austin, if you will, in, the, in, in a particular shopping mall. So then I say, okay, where do people go after they leave my location, California Pizza Kitchen? So it lists here the top five locations to where people leave afterwards. So I can sit there and go, wow, someplace called Domain North. Maybe I should look and I can put another franchise there because if they're coming to where I am, it's the same person. They're going to these other malls, same as Gaddy's Pizza. If I own that franchise, I can look at it going. You can see there's similarities between the two concepts, if you will, but the order is a little bit different. So you start to understand if I'm the franchisee, I can sit there going, there's something called Gateway down there. You know, 30% of the customers that have my, my pizza kitchen go to this place called Gateway and it's eight miles away. So maybe I can look at putting another location there and there's not going to be cannibalization. So this is something we call favorite places, market insights or site insights, excuse me. The other way to look at it too is a heat map of your customers. So I mentioned earlier, we refer to this now as a catchment zone. Where are you catching your customers from? So you look at this and you can see the density. Obviously the orange and the yellow is, is a more clustered effect, if you will. So you can see around this particular location. I picked a Best Buy actually, <laughs> where I live. And you can see where people are coming from to this Best Buy. And it's a very concentrated area in Austin. So it gives you, the franchisee, if you will, that owns this Best Buy, where everyone's coming from. And it's a very tight knit, as you can see. And then it's, and it spreads out rather quickly. But you can see, you know, the, the dark red is people, you know, 11 to 166 visits. These people around this area are going to that particular Best Buy. Uh, and what's also curious to note is something called the customer journey. Where, and I mentioned this earlier. At that Best Buy, you look at, okay, something on the left-hand side called prior. 43% of the people are coming from home. 10% from work, and it goes down to some other different locations. And then once they leave the Best Buy, where are they going to afterwards? And you can see 50% of them go back home, 4% go to work. So you can see this Best Buy, the area where I live, is, is largely residential. There's not a lot of office component to it. So you can intuitively look at it and go, yeah, people are coming from home, going to Best Buy and going back home. They're really not going a lot. So then you're looking at this Best Buy as clearly as a destination point. They're not really moving around anywhere else in the area. So it's a good indication as to the pattern, if you will. Um, and one thing to look at too is looking at the favorite places, you know, where, whether it's groceries or dining, we, we can totally cover you across all different retail verticals. So you can say people that go to that Best Buy by my house, where do they buy their groceries afterwards? And you can see there's a couple of HEBs in there. What's interesting to note, however, is the Whole Foods is in the same parking lot as the Best Buy but people are not going to that Whole Foods. Me, George, is getting in his car and driving three or four miles away to go to the HEB. You can see conversely on the other side, there's another Best Buy, and you can see where they're going when they're doing their shopping. And I plugged in dining, if you will. A lot of people go to Chick-fil-A. There's a Chick-fil-A right around the corner from the Best Buy, and you can see Chewy's, and it goes from there. And then the other Best Buy shows you the pattern where that Best Buy is. They have a Torchies, and a lot of people go, you know, go to the McDonald's. So it's really showing you the customer journey where are they coming from and you know, where they're going, their favorite foods, if you will. Uh, and you can, you can categorize this across a number of retail categories. And this is just a visual on the map. 
again, what's important to know, particularly in, in the real estate side of things, and franchisees want to see this as much as franchisors, is obviously you want a site that's got good access, good egress, parking, visibility, traffic counts. We've often, it's been a staple of looking at traffic counts as a metric of measure. How many people are on the road? 80,000 cars versus two. Okay, it's a busy road. But with AI, it talks about customer intelligence. How many of those 80,000 people are pulling off the road and going into your shopping mall? And how long are they staying in the mall? So this is the next generation, the evolution. Yes, traffic counts is a good metric. Yeah, 80,000 is better than two. But of the 80,000, if I come back and show you, well, only 2% of that goes into the mall. You're like, wow, they're not really good. The mall is not a really a good destination. Maybe it's the draw of the mall. Maybe it's the mix of the mall. So this is a good idea to understand from a street pattern where the, where the next destination is, where they're coming from. So that's customer journey. And, and the cool part is if, if you're a franchisee and you've got multiple locations, uh, and I did this for Best Buy, is understanding how you rank against your peers. Uh, we all hope that our stores do very, very well. And, and what you can see on the top slide is comparing these two Best Buys in terms of the traffic, if you will, the customer traffic for each store. The average Best Buy attracts 25,000 people, but you can see for these two Best Buys, they're above the Best Buy average, if you will. So I played with it down below on electronics, and you can compare it to all the electronics stores in the United States, or we just did Texas, and we just did it locally to get an idea as to where they rank. Uh, an understanding of the volume of people, the foot traffic against your peers. And you can see based on this chart right here, uh, for the Best Buy, the number one Best Buy for foot traffic is in Seattle. Uh, some Northwest, Northeast, rather North Gateway, 544,000 people um, versus where my Best Buy is, is 106,000. Um, and again, it just ranks it in, in terms of peer, the audience, if you will. Uh, I see number one. I'd love to know where this is in Seattle because it's a lot of people versus where my Best Buy is, which is down at 547. So whether this is Best Buy, whether this is, even if it's just you have 10 locations in your restaurants, whatever it happens to be, uh, it's a good rank of volume, if you will. So I think this is important, uh, again, against ranking against your peers. Uh, the last part is called brand loyalty, if you will, is uh, where, where do they shop, if you will, and you can look at loyal versus convenience, if you will. And you can see Monday through Friday, obviously for this Best Buy, it makes sense. Saturday is a very, very busy day. And then the table at the bottom shows length of stay. How long are people staying in a particular location? So again, this is electronics, but it could be dining, it could be groceries, it could be clothing. It doesn't really matter what it is. So you can see down, uh, down below, the average person spends about half an hour in a Best Buy, and then it really tails off dramatically. So you can tell by the type of customer going into Best Buy, they know what they want. It's, impulse, it's not really impulse buying. They already have it designed because they've already gone on the internet, decided that this is the type of computer I'm going to buy. They go in, lock and load, and leave. And it really is only about a half an hour stay. And you can see, we can get into frequency looking at the number of visits. You can look at loyal versus casual. Uh, understanding that most people that go to Best Buy are casual. They're not really loyal, if you will. And again, this would be really good for, for restaurant chains. And the number of visits, uh, you can look at the estimated number of visits. People both are basically one or two times they will visit over a certain period of time of frequency. Uh, there are some people, you can see at the end of this, go 30 plus times. So and somebody really likes to go to Best Buy. Uh, but that's brand loyalty, if you will. And now I'll, I'll pass it back to David as, as now we pass the baton from the market analytics, understanding, again, whether you have one location, you're looking for your first location, or you have 50 locations, 
it doesn't matter to Resolute RE, but the, the analytics is there, the structure is there, and now I pass the baton, if you will, with the analytics back to David and the brokerage side to execute um, on the plan. David? Thank you, George. Um, so it gets passed back to the brokers team. First thing the brokers team needs to do is learn from George, from Gary, uh, from the franchisor, you know, the essence of the business, um, where we need to be looking, um, how we need to be looking for it. And then we go out and we hire our local market brokers. We always use local market brokers in our um, in the markets that we're looking in. Um, as Gary mentioned, we have offices in Texas, Louisiana, and New Mexico, but that's for more the landlord product, the shopping centers in which we lease. Um, for the tenants, you know, again, we're across the country, across the globe. We hire local market brokers that are going to check three boxes. One, they have the expertise for the assignment. Two, they have the bandwidth for the, for the assignment. And three, there's no conflicts. And what I mean by bandwidth is, is that they're excited. They have the time to dedicate to the project. Um, conflicts, you know, you don't want direct conflicts. You don't want indirect conflicts. You know, if we're bringing a mod pizza franchisee, and they represent Blaze Pizza, that's an obvious conflict. But if we're bringing, you know, one of these salad concepts, let's just call Mad Greens, um, you know, and it's a market like Jacksonville, Florida, and they're already representing Blaze Pizza, well, pizza and salad may be very different, but they're both fast casual concepts. They both want that end cap on the hard corner, um, you know, with every tenant, you know, intarnation, you know, in and around them, you know, over 100,000 cars going by the intersection a day. And so in a market that is as tight as Jacksonville, Florida, you know, that can be, you know, indirect competition for the site, even though one's salad, one's pizza. The other thing, though, is if it's Oklahoma City, which is a great market, but not nearly as tight as Jacksonville, it may be beneficial to represent both Blaze Pizza and Mad Greens. Because then there might be a 5,000 square foot end cap that the owner doesn't necessarily want to split up. But if you bring both tenants at the same time, then the owner will be willing to split, split the space up and even get creative on, you know, creating end cap signs for both tenants. So, you know, the key is, is that we're not locked into any network. We're not locked in to use any office in a given market. Uh, we pick the best broker that checks all the boxes for that concept. Uh, local market broker is responsible for finding the sites, finding specifically the off-market sites, and, you know, you know no, no stone left unturned sort of deal. And then also to give us the local market expertise um, and then to execute any local market tours. We remain involved the whole way through. Uh, one, you have a point broker uh, from our company that's with you, you know, whether it's Maine, Massachusetts, down to Miami, over to Portland, to Northern California. It doesn't matter where it is. He will be your point broker. And then he works with the local market brokers, one, educating them on, again, the essence of the concept, why landlords should be excited about doing the deal with them. But two, also, he's guiding the whole process from beginning through end. You know, he's putting together the, 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 the sites the local market broker sends to him he's then puts together into a tour book. So he creates the tour book, negotiates the letters of intent, negotiates the leases, the non-legal part of the leases. We still want the attorneys negotiating the legal parts. And then he's orchestrating everything. Ideally, he's serving as liaison among the franchisor, the franchisee, um, local market broker, the landlord rep. Uh, Gary may need, might need to be uh, given information along the way. And you know, we're connecting everybody. We're making sure everybody's doing their job. And, this is, and it's this holistic approach, okay, that has really been sort of paramount to our success. You know, you have George and his team on the analytics side. Then you have the local market broker who's an expert in her market specifically. And then you have, you know, Gary and the franchisors who are experts in that concept. And then you have us as the point broker bringing everything together, 
working together as one cohesive unit. Mm -hmm. uh, worked really well for us. Um, and um, I think that's about it. Gary? Well, no, that uh, I, I can't thank you guys enough. George, if you want to, great. Thank you for uh, putting the screen back. Um, you know, what I want to say, a couple of things I want to say. First of all, and I should have mentioned it up top, but George, thank you for mentioning it. If you're listening on the Apple or Spotify podcast uh, network, you can see this presentation uh, up on YouTube, at Franchise Growth Solutions up at YouTube, because there's, there's a lot of visual. I guess what I want to say about this is it works. I mean, we use this with our clients. You know, I often hear people who are going into business talk about, well, you know, it's all about location, location, location. And look, it's very cliche to say that, but you have to have the analytics. You have to have not only the knowledge behind it, as, as people say, well, knowledge is power. I kind of take it one step further and say, well, it's the execution of the knowledge that's actually the power. So, so once, once George gives you all of this information, then, you know, David's team and the brokers, they get to work. They get, you know, they're the foot soldiers. They're down on the ground. They're finding these places. And they're matching what they're finding to the analytics that have been done, which, by the way, there's no ax to grind on that because the analytics, you know, the numbers are the numbers. Um, so I can tell you if you are an independent entrepreneur looking for a location, a franchisee or franchisor looking to support your franchisees, uh, definitely, and uh, Resolute RE is, is, is the way to go. I don't want to make turn this into a TV commercial uh, as much as I would love to. But, you know, at the end of the day, uh, the clients that I have for the most part are startups or emerging brands. So they don't have in-house experts. Uh, so reaching out to a company uh, like, like yours makes all the, all the sense in the world. Um, we're going to give all the contact information at the end here. George, is there any last thing you'd like to add? And then, David, I'll ask you if there's any last thing that, that you'd like to add. Anything, George? Yeah, I, I think it'd be important if people just go onto our webpage, go, uh, click on, you go to ResoluteRE.com and then click on Market Analytics and then you'll see the domestic stream and the international stream. It's very intuitive. You can hover over the U.S., click on a state and up comes information. Uh, we have a, a Resolute storefront where you can look at the information uh, firsthand that we presented today. Uh, and also there's samples, domestic and international samples by different verticals that gives you an idea firsthand of what the output looks like, whether it's groceries or electronics or clothing. Uh, go on, take a look, and you'll see a whole ton of different examples. So uh, that's all I would say, Gary, is encourage people to go on our webpage. It's, 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 it's really cool. Good, good. David, anything you'd like to add? And then maybe just give the website uh, before, we, uh, before we end. No, we can't hear you. We got an audio problem. In the background, I had to mute us. Um, oh, there you go. Okay. Yeah. Uh, as George was saying, our website is resolutere.com. Uh, there's no E on the end in Resolute, you know, sort of like Absolute Vodka. You know, we're trying to be all <laughs> uh, So resolutere.com. Uh, love to hear from you. Again, like George said, whether you, you know, you're just starting out uh, building a franchise, building a company with zero locations, or you have 500 of them. You know, we deal with scale. Um, we don't require uh, tenant representation agreements to be signed by the franchisors. There's no blanket representation agreements involved. Um, we are free of charge and landlords pay our commissions. Hard to sell anything more than that. Yeah, yeah, there's really no downside. It's, uh, it's all upside. Well, folks, again, uh, George and David, thank you very much for being with us. And for those of you listening and watching, 
we will have all the contact information posted. If you've been listening on a podcast, I urge you to go over to YouTube and watch this because George's uh, presentation really for me was, was mind boggling with the amount of information and, and good stuff and, and the science that goes in, uh, that goes into this so that you're not just guessing. Um, George, David, thank you uh, for being with us and I hope to see you guys again real soon, perhaps live and in person. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks Gary for having us. Thank you. Thank you, sir.